0: The you guys awake? You guys sleep? Wait, wait, wait. Awake? Wait. First, I want you to know something. Before we get into it. I don't know how much sleep about so you it, so you're <laughs> You have to know if you ask any person their lives to God no one would say they regret it no one would say they regret it when you look let's ask Joseph of the Old Testament say Joseph tell us what part of the story would you change your brothers threw you in a pit they sold you off took your coat lied about you separated you from your father and Benjamin your family all this stuff went to Potiphar's house. You didn't enjoy yourself, right? You stayed pure. You did something that nobody would expect a young handsome man like him to do. And then because you were faithfulness, out of God's love, he sent you to jail. Out of God's love, went to jail. And then, make a long story short, ends up king of the world. He's king. God made him, number two, he was pharaoh. You say, Joseph, what part of the story would you change? If I never went to jail, I'd never be king. If I never was sold as a slave, I'd never be king. If I never, whatever, all these things, the dreams that God gave me, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been king. What part of the story would you change? He would say nothing.
1: Because what he said
0: in Genesis chapter 50, Somewhere? Uh, <coughs> yeah, where? What? Huh? what God has intended for evil? Or what, what you have intended for evil? 50 20? Yeah, okay. okay. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So all the things that we said we're afraid of, ask Joseph. Let's ask Peter. Peter the fisherman. Peter, he left fishing. God says, by the way, the son of man has no place to lay his head. You're welcome to join. They joined. Let's ask Peter, do you regret? You know St. Peter? Do you know how many times he was called? He was called more than once. <laughs> Apparently God didn't think that part was important to your story. <laughs> you know, Peter. We know that Andrew told Peter, "Come, I found the one who says they left everything and they followed." You find this in Mark, chapter one. They left everything and they followed. Later on. Peter is fishing. And Peter is fishing and he is going back to the normal way of life. And God says, can I, you know, preach from your boat? He says, okay, you preach from my boat. It's in Luke chapter 5. And he tells Peter, what? Launch out into the deep. St. Peter says, look, you do the Jesus stuff and all the fishing stuff. I, like, he says, we've been toiling all night and we've caught nothing. It's just, nevertheless, at your word. We will go. And they go. And they cast the net. They catch so much fish. And what does Peter say? Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And then Christ tells him what? Follow. Like number two or number three time. He says, now you'll be fishers of men. Peter lives his whole life with Christ. Christ is crucified resurrected Peter says what I'm going fishing." But God said you're not going to be a fisher." God told you you're no longer gonna be a fisherman you will be a fisher of men and we find that to make a long story short Jesus asked Peter do you love me yes Lord you know I love you all this stuff what does Jesus tell Peter after the resurrection John chapter 20, 29, 20, 21. <coughs> 21. Verse 19. After Jesus said, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Verse 18. Most assuredly I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Verse 19. Then he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God, and when he had spoken this, he said to him, what? Follow me. I've raised the dead in your name. I've witnessed you raise the dead. I was—I went through the whole journey. God said, follow me. Peter kept on getting the call because he kept on going back to what? Fishing. Kept on going back to his normal way of life. So now that we've Let's say we all want to hear the call, we're ready to hear the call. What do you do until you hear the call? We said everybody is, has a general call and then there's a special call. The general call is that all of us were cleansed, sanctified, made His, He purchased us. The general call is to be Christ. But then there's a special call. But how do you get to that point? So what do you do until then? Till so God says, "Okay, I'm going to use you in this direction." What do you do? <clears throat> Let's look at First Timothy, chapter six. Second Timothy chapter two, my sister. I know. Let's read what he says. If you read actually Second Timothy, all the answers will be there. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fourteen. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord, not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Be diligent to present, present yourself, approved to God, a worker who does no need to be ashamed, does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So he's telling St. Timothy, alright, I'm probably gonna die in a little bit. In my last epistle. He's trying to give him what is an approved or a disproved worker. First thing he says. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you are going to be used by God, you must be diligent to live a holy life. It's not about activities. And who can do the coolest activities? Consecration is a holy life. Young people always ask me, "Abuna, is it okay if I do this? Is it right? Is it wrong? The question is not, is it okay? The question is to ask yourself what? Is it holy? Is it holy? Young people always looking for, this is the line between black and white. Okay? This side is black. Let me get as close as I can to the line without actually standing inside the line. That's not what God wants us. He wants us to be diligent, to be approved. So, first thing is we have to understand that God is calling us to be holy. We need to be diligent, present ourselves approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does that mean? Rightly dividing the word of truth. And when do we say that? Liturgy. Liturgy, who says it? What's that? Come on, deacons. <laughs> You all pray in the shower, I'm sure. (laughs) And those who rightly divide the word of truth, grant them unto your holy church to shepherd your flock in peace. And, and, And those who rightly divide the word of truth, grant them unto your holy church. We say the people that can divide the word of truth, that can look at the word of truth and understand the word of truth and be filled with the word of truth, grant them unto your holy church to shepherd your flock in peace. You must be in the Word of God. I'm not talking about read the Word of God, I'm talking eat the Word of God. Everybody says, I read the Word no. of Read the Word of God. Like, the Word of God is a part of you. It is in your words, it's in your mind, it's in your heart, it's living in you, it's speaking to you. The Word of God has to be eaten. We need to be in the word. I know we have a convert that joined the church a couple years ago. She told me that she spent nine months. I'm like, oh, you know, what are you reading? She spent nine months reading the book of Daniel. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? She's like, I do it and fast and I pray and I'm asking God to reveal to me because the book of Daniel is very prophetic. It's very prophetic about the end of the world, all these stuff. It's a very beautiful book. She spent nine months reading the book of Daniel. In the beginning, you know, in the Protestant church, they're not very big on saints. They don't like saints. So as in the whole catechizing part of it, I talked about saints and it was a little uncomfortable for her. And then when she read the book of Daniel, she figured one time she was like like on a work trip and she was just going to ask Daniel to intercede and she said, he's been my best friend ever since. Yeah. And she was very in tune with, like, Daniel the prophet is her intercessor, and he's like, you know, he goes with her everywhere she goes. He, and she could understand, as like God was revealing to her mysteries in the Bible. The Bible is full of mystery. And the way to understand the mystery is to be, like, always in its presence. And to always be cleansing, asking God, reveal to me the mystery. Unlock the secrets. Dividing the word of truth. You say, Abuna, you're going to tell me to read the Bible? Really? <laughs> tell me to read the Bible? Two words. I say this every all the time. Every says, Abuna, what do I need to do? The answer at the end of every sermon is read the word of God and pray to Jesus. Full stop. gonna <laughs> tell you something new. I don't have the 2014 version of like what you're supposed to do. <coughs> this it's a relation it's a deep love relationship with god and going deep in the word of god continue let's go to second timothy two. First thing not reading the word of god but asking god to understand through reading the fathers of the church These were men that were inspired. They are holy men. These are people that were fasting and praying. What you can't do, they are doing it, so at least trust them, okay? Let the fathers of the church unlock the secrets if you can't do it. And dig and say, okay, God, now I know the answer. What do I do with it? Put it before Him in prayer. You know, in the early church, they used to practice prayer reading where they would just read like the Gospels standing, basically, like just read the Gospel of John standing in prayer, trusting that the Word of God cleanses The Word of God has its own way. Right? It searches the deep things of the heart. And so they would worship while reading the Bible. Okay? And God would unlock to them different secrets. We need to Take the Bible and have a, like, to pray with the Bible. What does that mean? As you read, lift it up to God. God, is this what you're saying? God, are you asking me to do this? And you'll find that God is giving back. And he's, not every time, but there's a time where the word of God will be like a conversation. Dividing the word of truth and saying, okay, this is what I've discovered. Are you asking this of me? Or is this just something to highlight, write a cute little smiley face in the Bible and write the date, you know, I opened it so talked about it. Every day I'm presenting so it becomes a part of my life. Then, verse 16, but shame, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. does he tell St. Timothy? Think with me. I don't have the answer. What do you guys think? But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. He's saying your goal is to uproot those things that are taking you away from the ultimate goal of being godly. After growing. And so you need to begin to start dissecting those things that are pulling us away. Crucifying the idols. He says shun it. Don't allow it. Profane idol battlements, for they will increase more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who are strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has already passed, and they overthrow the faith of some. The consecrated person is God's soldier to defend the faith, not just the theology of our faith, but to defend it in in, in its work, that the faith would bring that people would be saved. You are meant to do that. That people would be saved. People need to know the Word of God. And I'm not talking about going to Cambodia. I'm talking about if you work at 7-Eleven, you go to 7-Eleven, you share with Ali or whoever lives with you and, and share like you have a responsibility to share the Word of God. Okay? You have a responsibility and to defend it. Look at verse 19. Okay. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What else does the Bible say about those who are His? Those who are Christ's. Hmm? Chapter. Chapter. Four twenty-five. Huh? Four twenty-five. Galatians five twenty-four. Galatians five twenty-four. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh in all its passions and desires. You want to be Christ? The beginning is working on the flesh because the flesh is going to destroy whatever God has planned for you through the fasting. Like, oh, fasting ten. Okay. Like enough. There's a battle. Right? The Bible says, Walk according to the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit lusts against the flesh and the two are contrary to one another. You can't be of the Spirit and you cannot be consecrated until you say, I'm going to work on crucifying the flesh. How? Through daily deaths. Daily deaths. I'm learning this. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm saying this is what we read about. And I'm learning that God is telling me I'm only going to die. Somebody insults you, you get your, you defend yourself. And you tell them, I'm going to tell you why you're messed up and I'm not messed up. No, you die. I'm learning it the hard way. Okay? I'm not, I'm not experiencing it yet, but I, I would imagine that one day God will give me grace. Daily deaths. Daily deaths. You feel like Whatever, I die. You're saying, you're going to let people walk all over you? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do at Pontius Pilate at the very end when he's being tried and he's in Pontius Pilate's court and they're saying like, answer for yourself. What did he do? I'll never answer for myself. It's so important you understand that we learn how to have daily deaths. Maybe you can have a journal of death. Make a journal of death. (laughs) Today, I chose not the life of God, okay? I chose not to die in this way. Or I died in this way. And God promises us that when you die with Christ, you what? You resurrect with Christ. Plan for yourself daily deaths. So that tomorrow. When God breaks up your nest, I'm dead. Tomorrow you're going to be the priest in Kansas City. God forbid. I'm dead. I'm dead. Right? I'm sorry. Sorry, Kansas City. Like, daily deaths. I've already accepted. Somebody said, well, how did your wife accept it? Like, you would get ordained and. When we had taken the step to consecrate our lives in our first step, the beginning of the journey, when we had moved to Africa, when God had led us to the next place with our tent, which is DC, it was a formality. I'm going to wear a galavayana, and I'm going to receive a grace. At the end of the day, like, I'll tell you how it happened. I was being nominated priest, I went to the priesthood in, in a couple of places, so I was praying to find out where God wanted. went to go meet with Pope Shenouda. Pope Shenouda said, okay, long story short, I want you to Washington, D.C. I called up Sharon. and I said, the Pope wants to ordain me for Washington. Sherry said, okay. <laughs> Why? No, my gosh, let's fast and pray and just tell him wait. and we're already consecrated. Oh, it's a formality. This is a formality. Not to say that I'm not trying to Minimize the priesthood. I'm saying, all of us are like that. You're already consecrated. If God is going to give you formality or not, the formality of however it looks. The key is that you understand. You die to yourself. Okay. <laughs> right. Depart from me. The... Verse 40. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood of, of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. He will be useful for the master when anyone cleanses himself from being a vessel of dishonor. What does that mean? What's the vessel of dishonor? I don't know, by the way. I'm not looking. I don't have to know, like, I'm just like reading with you guys. It's not huh? Not fulfilling his will. Not fulfilling his will. What do you guys think? Not fulfilling his will. Very good. Holding on to those idols. Hmm? Holding on to those idols. Holding on to the idols. Very good. Being part of them. I can't have you be, I can't have you share in the salvation of the world if you are in the world. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And you have to say, I am not of this world. Can you come with us and hang out? I'm not of this world. I'm not saying be judgmental. Know that I am a vessel for honor. My relationships are for honoring God. I'm going to be friend, Maria, for one goal. I want to honor God in my friendship, and I want her to honor God eventually. Be a vessel for honor. For honoring God, and you can't. James 4. James 4 says. Verse 4. Now, James is being quite aggressive with his wording. Please don't be offended. James 4, four says, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Friendship? Like, I'm not married to the world. It's not friendship. Friendship with the world is enmity towards God. That's dishonor. That's being a vessel of dishonor. And so, what is friendship with the world? You tell me. It's not saying marriage with the world. It's saying, "Ah, yeah, right? Give and take with the world. That's what what James says. You want to be a vessel for honor? You have to begin, to slowly. What do I mean? Using, understanding how the world every day is creeping into your heart, into your family's heart, into your church's life, into your friendships, into your, and you're saying, I will not allow the world to creep in. I will never have friendship with it. Everything that you tolerate and that is like a friend to you is how the devil's gonna be, take you away from being useful to the master. Back to 2 Timothy. (laughs) 2 Timothy chapter 2. He will be a vessel for honor. Anyone cleanses himself from the latter. Sanctified and useful for the master. He will know your call and you will be sanctified, set apart, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Isn't that cool that he says prepared for every good work? Every good work. <coughs> prepare for my good work. Okay, he says prepare for every good work. Why? Because <coughs> you're mine. I'll do whatever I want through you. If I want to raise the dead, I'm going to raise the dead. If I want to fight the heretics, I'm going to fight the heretics. If I'm going to prepare for every good work, and you can be that. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. We've already talked about the dead. Christ living in me. Every good work, I can't do this. Maybe I'm good at this, but I'm not good. He can make it work. Prepared for every good work. If you look at Colossians chapter one, I'm going to talk to us yesterday. Colossians chapter one, verse nine. It's a special prayer that Saint Paul prayed from nine to eleven. Saint Paul's prayers. I love Saint. If you ever get a chance, just take Saint Paul's prayers and study the prayers. For this reason, we also the we heard him do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding and that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing him that's the whole vessel of honor being fruitful in every good work. are you fruitful in everything you do saint paul by the way what's the key word they use over and over from nine to eleven Or, like, relative word. It's assumed in some other words. Now read it again. Verse 9. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Huh. Oh. Very good. You know what St. Paul saying? He's saying, you guys are good. But there's more. There's more growth. So he's saying that you would be filled, not that you would know the knowledge of His will, that you would be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. All wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. Do you notice that he doesn't say? And he says increasing in the knowledge of God. Why not have all the knowledge of God? Yeah. Yeah. Theologians, let me know. Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, for all patience and long suffering, with joy. He's saying that when I can prepare you for every good work, I really mean prepare you for every good work. Every good work. By the work of the Holy Spirit in it. Verse 22 Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. You need to practice the virtues. Practice the virtues. When he says, flee from the lusts and pursue what? Righteousness, faith, and love. Look on how to, look for people to love. You're going to be like Christ. You're Christ's vessel. It's not like, if Donna comes to me, maybe I'll love her. How can I love this person? How can I love this person? Pursue it. Look for it. How can I be? That's the consecrated person. You have to look. You have to hunt. You have to make sure I'm going to do whatever it takes because I want to fulfill the commandments of God. Pursue it. Peace with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. What is that? Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Don't look at the Word of God as like, you know, it's a random thing that doesn't apply to me. There's maybe a bigger picture. Let's let's think. I I don't know what it is, but maybe together we can discover. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Why is that so important? Like St. Paul is dying, and he's saying, don't get an argument. Huh? Okay? Waste of time. Don't waste your time. He says, What's the cause? They generate strife. These are all messages to me, not from me. Trust me. Like I'm learning with you. Avoid foolish ignorance. Like, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted from your call. Don't get distracted from what. Strife, and all of a sudden, here I am, supposed to be the next St. Paul, and I'm talking about this stupid stuff. God saying, you're never going to be an approved worker. You're focusing on stupid things. Oh, but she said, and he said, and the Buddha said, and the Pope said. These are all tricks of the devil, taking away from us. What is focus? Narrow vision, like tunneling. My eyes are fixed on Jesus. The arguments are tricks from the devil. 24. And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, with humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. You know what you're doing? you're trying to save you're trying to work with God to save others to save others that's part of being that's part of having the heart of God if I'm going to be consecrated for God all God's thinking about is the salvation of each and every one of us you can't not think about what's on His heart that's why He's saying you want to overcome you want to be effective in saving in working in the work of salvation, must not quarrel but be gentle. Be gentle. I'm gentle with you, you'll be gentle with others. Do you know why God allowed, Christ allowed St. Peter to fall? And God kept on saying, Do you love me? You have to understand how embarrassing that was for St. Peter. A week before, he tells the disciples, If they all forsake you, I will even die for you. Yes? Right? Right? Thank you, Peter. And all of a sudden, that same night, it says, a young servant girl. So, St. Peter was picked on by a little girl. <laughs> and he started cursing. Like, no, 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 no. He started. The Bible says he cursed. Like, you could only imagine that here now, Jesus is saying, do you love me? No. First, he says, do you love me more than these? He's pointing at the other disciples. Like, John is, is folding his hand and he's thinking, like, let's see how he's going to answer. Do you love God more than me? <laughs> how would you be if you were one of the disciples? What are you about, Peter? Like, I'm just, like, I'm saying, t- John t- is I'm saying, I'm saying, I meditate, well, i am meditate. Do you love me more than these? Lord, you know I love you. <laughs> like, come on, like, be fair and feed my sheep now I want you to think about this the other disciples they didn't deny Jesus and Jesus says do you love me? Lord you know I love you feed my sheep I said Peter Peter just denied you while he saw you he could see where you were he could see you being scorched and he denied you and you're asking him to feed your sheep the ones that you said <clears throat> you laid your life down for them that's Jesus Huh? He picks the bozos. He picks bozos and he makes them not bozos. <laughs> Feed my sheep. Best choice ever. It's the best choice ever. St. Peter, he was the one that could kind of lead the way in the book of Acts and, and, and do that. So, how does that relate to what do we do now? What we do now is in service, and I don't mean Sunday school service, and it can be Sunday school service, but I mean all of us are servants. I don't care where you serve, you're always 24-7 a servant, always looking. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance. He's saying, be God's tool now in the small things to lead people to to help people. In humility, not because you're better. Not because you're better, but in humility, we want to be, everyone wants to go on the way. We go together on the way. Leading those to repentance, they may come to their senses, and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive. saying, I need you to help me from now. Do what you can now. Do the small things. Helping those that are captive. <coughs> praying with them. Loving them. Pursuing them. Praying for their healing. God can't make you like His missionary or His servant or His consecrated, or whatever. You don't have the heart of Jesus. You have to have the heart of Jesus. So we pray that God gives us His heart. We pray that I think the way that He thinks. That's why when I was talking to us about you this morning, I go, I crucify my mind because my mind is dumb, dumb. And I come up with Jesus' mind, the mind of Christ, which St. Paul talks about. Therefore, we have the mind of Christ. He says in, in, in 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, Therefore, we have the mind of Christ. And also in Philippians chapter 2. It says the same thing. We have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Have that mind. That's where you start. And the rest, the rest is magical. Okay. God will do the mysteries and He'll speak the loud, he'll, but you got to do this first. Take first, 2 Timothy, go through the pieces. It's going to be different than the world. Every day through daily deaths, eating the Word of God, (coughs) departing from iniquity, so that you can be useful for the Master. Make yourself useful for the Master. You don't have any questions or comments?